Anybody excited to be in the church today? I'm excited for what God's doing in the midst of the church, and I think that God has an amazing purpose. Tell the person next to you, God has an amazing purpose for you. I believe that God has something extraordinary for you today, and I believe that I'm going to have some fun today. Amen. I hope you came excited. I hope you came expecting, and I hope you are truly in touch with the Spirit of God today. Come on, just grab somebody's hand to the left, to the right. We're going to join in prayer. Just, I would ask that you would bow your heads as we come before the Lord right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we come in agreement right now, Father, that your will be done. God, that your, your way shall be had in this place, that we shall hear the word that shall proceed from the, from the pulpit today, God, from the, from the mouth of, of a servant, God, nothing more, Father. We ask you, God, that your will shall be had, God, that we should, should have a fruit, God, that would bear from this, God, that we hear today. Let your word speak deep to our hearts. Let your word cut us, Father God. As the Bible says that the word of God in the book of Acts cut so deep, it cut to the heart and the people's lives were changed and forever the same. And I don't know about them, God, but I don't want to leave here the same manner and way in which I came in here, Father. But I desire to have an encounter and a collision with God, an unexpected encounter with God that shall change and redirect my entire life. Father God, that you would stir us up, God, that you would anoint this place from the rafters on down, Father, that you would permeate this household, God, from the floorboards to the ceiling, God. Father, that you would have your way, God, that your power would manifest amongst us, God, that we should see your glory in our midst today, Father. Come on, let the church say amen. amen. Come on, I, I want to I just touch on a topic that I touched on two years ago, and I want to do a second rendition of it, Amen. You know, this past week, I had such a, a, a good week. I had a great week, and I, I thank God um, I was able to spend a lot of time with family, and that's always a good thing. And I had this time this week, and I, I had free time on my hands, and you know what I did this week? I, I went to go see part three of Transformers. <clears throat> Pastor is a Transformers freak, and uh, I mean, I just can't get enough of it. I think it's one of the greatest series of all time. I, I, I keep on waiting for my car just to... I've been praying that uh, I just... I, I don't know. I think my car needs a Transformer name. But it'd be something still like Blueberry because he's all blue. I just don't... But I, I, I saw this movie. I'll get all back onto the topic. I, I saw the movie this week, and, and I remember the preaching we had done here on Transformers, and I remember we had a great time. And I began to really think about how God truly desires for us to be Transformers. You may say, oh, Pastor, God don't want me to sit there and fight aliens, but I'm not talking about that. I mean, I take the, the message of the movie as that, that they're Transformers, but yet God wants me to be a Transformer in my life. God desires that I would transform your life through the word of God that I speak. And God desires that you would transform your family's lives. He desires that you would transform your, your city, your nation, your job, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your children. God desires that you would be a transformer in your life. That you would have the ability, the strength, the power, and the flat-out audacity to dare to change someone around you. You ever walked up to somebody and be like, I'm going to transform you. We need to have that godly boldness that God desires to transform. Look to somebody next to you and be like, God wants to transform you. I recall I did 
I did this sermon two years ago. I, I entitled it, um, I entitled it, uh, uh, it was, I may not be Optimus Prime, but God has given us an optimal design. That we may not be that, but God has given me a better design than I could imagine. But today, you see, I remember in the old um, Transformers in the cartoon when I was a kid, it had this song, and the song was so cool, and it would say, a more than meets the eye, robots in disguise. Oh, anybody remember that? It used to invigorate me. I would get so excited, wake up at 5 in the morning to watch this show. Y'all remember that stuff? Uh, George is like, not that excited. <laughs> that was the only time they showed it. And, and you know what? I, I decided to do something different today. I want to talk about more than meets the eye, Christians in disguise. I might get in trouble today, but that's all right. God has called you to continuously be an evolving, transforming power of his. Through his word through his power, and through his blood. I would challenge you today that transformation as a Christian is not an option, it's a necessity. You cannot come into the church and act the same way you always acted. Transformation is a necessity as a Christian. When you begin the transformation, you understand that bigger, greater things are coming your way. I don't know if you know the sound of a transformation. I don't know if you could understand what really transpires at the moment of transformation. Do not realize that at the moment of transformation, it signifies that these robots are coming bigger and a fight is about to ensue. Is anybody with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? At the point of a transformation, the sound that echoes through the theaters, it just gets me so excited. There's nothing nothing in this world like the transformation of a Christian. There's nothing in this world like the power of God being able to transform you through everything in your life. It should be able to excite you. It should be able to move your life. It should be able to change it at every aspect of your life. There's nothing like the sound of one of those transformers in the movie. There's nothing like the echo Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever seen the movie, Carmen Pascal? I don't see that one. There's just nothing like the sound of a transformer. You can put that up a little bit for them, Ricky. It just makes all these sounds, and it's one of the greatest sound effects ever made. It's classified as one of the most amazing sound effects ever made in movie history. And you know what? When you as a Christian hear that sound in your spirit, see, as you transform for God, there should be an excitement coming from within your spirit because every time, every time a transformation takes place, it signifies a battle is about to begin, but yet the victory lies in your transformation. You cannot defeat the enemy in your old shape, in your old form. You cannot defeat the enemy acting like you used to be. I wish you would understand this today. Usually, it signifies some action is about to ensue in the movie. Likewise, when you transform as a Christian, when you come out of that old specimen of what you used to be, there should be a transformation into a battle, a transition. You with me today? The idea of transformation is the reality of what God is doing in you. Isn't it, isn't it sad that so many times as Christians, we remain the same? We think the same. We talk the same. We act the same. 
Isn't that the truth? I mean, we are different about three hours a week on Sunday morning. About an hour on Wednesday nights and maybe 45 minutes if we came to prayer. But that's the time that the transformation lies. Outside of that, we're just, we're just I'm just Lewis. Uh, you're, you're just Melvin. You're just, you're just Jose. And, and God knows our hearts. And every now and then we slip, we curse, we have our moments. And, and we have our moments of sin, sexual immorality, adultery. God knows what could be these days in the church. Christians all over the church in disguise. All over the city. You can walk around Bridgeport not know who's a Christian half the time. But the evidence should be in a transformation. The evidence should be on what God is doing in you. If somebody walks up to you and they offer you something that you used to do, that shouldn't be because they should see you're something different. Before they even offer you the old stuff, they should see the new stuff in you. But they catch you in a place where you look like the same old you. And so because the transformation process hasn't taken place, the evidence of, of God and his work inside of you is hidden from the world. And you can never fight in the old state you were in. If anybody's seen the movie, you would know that Bumblebee is a Camaro. He takes on the form of a Camaro, but every time he gets into a fight, he transforms into a fighting machine, a robot. Guns coming out of his legs, arms, back, nipples everywhere. We can say nipples in church, right? Ask the lay staff. We're all right, right? But think about it this way. He took on a new form every time the battle came his way. What form are you taking on when the, Bible, when the battle comes your way? Most of the form y'all take is the fetal form. You gets ball up and cry. Oh, y'all ain't going to like me after today. That's all right. God has called you to be someone who transforms. Every time I watch this movie, every time I, I hear these sounds, every time it comes my way, every time it just... I just hear the clicking of the machines and I see it falling into place. And every time I just get so excited because I understand at the sound of this transformation, there is a battle that is about to ensue. And I realize that when I hear a sound in my spirit and I hear the worship about to begin and I hear the praise beginning, I realize there is a battle in my spirit that I must fight. When I hear the doctor tell me a bad report, it's just the sound of a transformation. When I hear someone give me bad news, it's just the sound of the beginning of a transformation because a battle was coming my way. I wish you would understand that God has a purpose for you. And every time he could, the enemy could try, he'll try and just get you off the path. Heart attack on Saturday, church on Sunday. Ada is not playing. I went to go encourage her in the hospital. She encouraged me. Oh, pastor. Is that my pastor? It's my pastor. Oh, come here, Julito. Come here. God is with me. I'm not worried. Could you believe I'm numb? They said I had a heart attack faster than me. And she began to preach to me. And I was, I was just like, you better go, girl. They had to come in and tell us to be quiet. Boy, Ada, you always got to tell somebody to be quiet. Lord knows. But she was not shaken by what the enemy was doing. She was rather encouraged that she just might see God in a couple of hours. <laughs> just you better hear. <laughs> Whatever it takes, if it's time to call my number, she can pass the them I love them. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. Get thee behind me, Satan. It's just, uh... But you have to understand there has to be a transformation. 
You cannot fight the enemy in the same old state you became in because, because back then you worked for him and now you can't, you can't fight him looking like his people. I mean, if you came into, could you imagine if someone from the military would come into the enemy's camp with the enemy's uniform? I mean, you might just get along with them. You come at me looking like the enemy, I'm going to have to take you down. And so some of you realize that you come into God's camp looking like the enemy and you just got to understand every time you end up at the altar, God's trying to transform your life. Are you with me today? I really want you to receive from this that God desires for you to be someone different. Victory is imminent when the transformation begins. The fight is coming when the transformation takes place. You must find preparation. There's a bigger, understand this, there's a bigger, better you that God is trying to bring out. There's a bigger, better you that God is trying. Carlos, there is a bigger, stronger, more holier, more sanctified one fire for God. Carlos, inside of you. God's trying to rip it out of you. There's a bigger saint. I don't care how short I am, there's a bigger me inside. There's a bigger, stronger man and woman of God inside of you. Are you with me today? I need you to understand that there's somebody else inside of you that God is trying to reach because we can't live our lives like the us that we've been living it like. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking. We can't keep on living with these issues, problems, addictions, and, and hurts and pains. God's trying to pull that newer you out of your life. But, but there's an issue. You, you see, you may not look like a warrior, but God says you're a warrior. You may not feel like something significant. You may look insignificant, feel unassuming, look like you're the least likely to do anything in the church, but yet God says he's got a purpose for you. No matter how uh, bad you think of yourself, no matter what the possibility is, there is greatness that lies inside of you. You are the son and the daughter of a king, and no matter what you've done, where you've been, where you're going, and what you might do, God says, I can use you. I, I can use you. You know, I, I watched this show. It's probably the only show I watch now. It's called American Pickers. It's on the History Channel. It's these two guys, and they go all across the country picking up old junk that they can sell for money. Old, old, old stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? History Channel is cool. Don't worry. You can say it in church. And, and, and the, I, I always think of God walking through the life and, and picking up the junk and saying, I can use that. I can use Lewis. He's not that bad. I can use Melvin. He's a mess, but we can clean them all up and just couple of spits shining. He's going to be all right. I can, I can use Carlos. He might have had an attitude problem before, but I can turn that around and make that righteousness for God. And God looks across and he sees all the things in us because God understands. He looks at us for, as for what he desires to make us into. Amen. But too many times as Christians, we're, we're, we're in disguise. We're seemingly all too comfortable with staying in the, in the form of something small rather than being something big for God. We'd rather play a, play a role of just of just coming to church and being in the seats rather than coming to church and being the church. Too many people obsessed with having church rather than being the church. And, and, and you'll have to understand that God's trying to change you. I, can, I came today to tell you something simple, that God's calling you to transform into something greater and something stronger. Come on, turn with me in your Bibles and listen to what the Apostle Paul declares in Romans 12. Romans 12, the first verse. And I'll be reading from the New, New International Version. <clears throat> he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves, or rather your bodies, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This 
is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. By the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve that what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect well i love this scripture paul is imploring he's really he's being very uh persuasive in his words and he's saying my brothers i urge you he was strongly advising them to give their lives to god as a living sacrifice he goes in view of god's mercy in view of the the mercy of god in light of what he's done Although you don't deserve his mercy in light that he gave it to you anyways. I, I didn't deserve freedom, but yet, yet God gave me freedom. I was yet a, still a sinner when Christ died for me. Come on, you know that God, that God did something amazing for you. And, and the apostle Paul declares, in view of that mercy, in view of how he laid down his life for you, in view of how he gave everything and your life was on death row, but God saved you. By the donation of what he did on that cross, he saved my life. In view of God's mercy of taking our sinful lives, we as humans are outraged at the possibility of someone being guilty, being set free. Most recently, we all looked at that Casey Anthony case and said, oh my God, why is she set free? But yet you are actually guilty and there is proof beyond belief that you are guilty of death. You deserve to die. Your good deeds are as dirty rags, the Bible says. Yet, through his mercy, in light of his mercy, he has set you free. In light of what he's done for you. You did not deserve the sacrifice on Calvary, but yet the Bible says, in light of what he did for you. From our homes to our jobs, we sin in our cars. We, we do it daily, whether, we, whether it's on purpose or whether it's not on purpose. But yet we've been vindicated by the blood of the lamb. And yet Paul is telling these people, he's saying, listen, I urge you, don't you see what he's done for you? Don't you see that he's done something amazing for you? And though it may not be significant every day to you, there's something about freedom that you cannot understand. And freedom isn't free. You see, as Christians, we tend to lose the actual depth of this cross over the course of our lives we forget we just become so christian that we forget how much he did for us on that cross we become so saved and so christian and so oh i know all the story and yes i understand that the power of the cross dies in us i wish you would be honest today some of you who've been in church for a while and, and be honest it's hard sometimes to keep going in the walk it's hard to keep moving forward I don't know about you, but my life was saved by a blood donor, and his name was Jesus Christ. I wish you would understand that his ultimate sacrifice on Calvary, while we were doing things in our hearts and minds and sinning, he did this all for you and for me. And, and the Apostle Paul, he stands there, and he's riding to this church in Rome, a Rome, and he's saying, listen, I implore you, I'm begging you, I'm urging you, if you could understand what I'm saying, that you need to give your life to God as a living sacrifice. Paul declares it to be a spiritual act of worship. He didn't ask you to, 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 give, to, to, to give your life as, as, as a dead person. You understand what that means? He didn't say go to church and be a dead Christian. He said, give your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, as a living. You can't come to, I don't understand how folks come to church and just, if you're a visitor, I'd give you credit. I mean, it's hard to come to church and you're a visitor. 
But just to come to church and just be there for five years. And do... Amen. Praise God. Oh, God, there's something about worshiping a king. There's something about worshiping this magnificent God that we serve. I don't know about you, but I work for the CEO of the universe. I, I think that's kind of humbling. And so when I come into his presence, I come with thanksgiving. As, as the psalmist wrote, like, I have a new song in my heart. So Paul, he's speaking to these people and he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I need you to understand something that we would, we would tell this to a sinner, you have to renew your mind. But Paul's not talking to, to sinners. He, the apostles didn't write to sinners, they wrote to churches. He's saying, I know some of y'all have some horrible mentalities. I know some of y'all, he must have seen a problem, identified it, and had to do something about it. And so he called them and listen, change the way you think because it is crazy. Renew your, how many of you know church folk think crazy? Oh, come on, let the church say amen. amen. Paul is telling people, rather the saved people, they need to stop acting like the world. He's saying, don't conform. What are you doing? So obviously he's looking at these churches he's saying, you're acting just like the world. You have got to stop. You look just like the enemy. How can we draw a battle line? You look just like the people you're saying you don't stand for, but you look just like them. He says, you need to renew your mind. It's not about how you dress. It's not about where you go and what you do. It's all about how you think. Because well, how you think will dictate how you dress, where you go, what you say. So he says, forget everything else. You don't have to wear a skirt down to your ankles and never wear jewelry. He says, forget all that. Just change your mind. Change the way you think. Change your mentality. Change your depression, change your constant stress, change those issues, and let God take over. Somebody say amen. amen. He was dealing with the issues of people's mindsets. Paul realized, identified that Christians were conforming. He was not talking to sinners. He was talking to people who were in the church. And he says, listen, you look just like them. The only difference is that you spend certain amounts of time in the church. He was dealing with, with the people of mindsets being them old selves. Again, he addresses this in the book of Corinthians 5, 17, 2 Corinthians. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, now understand you have to be in Christ. And that word in, you understand that word in has 37 English definitions. It means to be in a place of power, a place of authority. Oh, the word in is a very strong, powerful word. And it means to be something of a, of a power. And he says to be in Christ. You have to. You can't be on the outside. You can't be with Christ. You have to be in Christ. He says if anybody be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Could you imagine your child, and this probably has happened, running home to you and saying, Mom, Dad, I got all new grades on my, on my, on my report card, and I'm doing good this mocking period, and come home and all Fs. Oh, wouldn't you be upset? Would you not? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you laugh if someone came to you and said, Oh, my God, I have a new car. I'm so excited about my new car. And they come to your house with the same old rackety jalopy that's held together by duct tape. And you're like, where's the new car? Oh, I put a new rug in the bottom, so it's like a new car. 
Wouldn't you be upset if somebody came to you and your family, oh, I'm dating this girl or this guy, and then next thing you know, they come into your house, you invite them, and it's the same old person you could never stand in the first place, who never had no respect for them, never did nothing good for them, and you're just like, where's the new thing in your life? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be humorous? It's like a prisoner coming out of jail. Oh, I'm all different now. All oh, my life, but now I'm not going back, never going to be the same, and next thing you know, they're back in jail. Isn't that just crazy? But it's how we are. Sunday, hallelujah. We're all excited in church on Sunday. And if you go home on that same night, you're cussing somebody out. We don't even wait till Monday no more. We lose the whole blessing. The Bible says that every time you hear the word of God, the word of God is a seed. In Greek, it's called spermata. It's a seed that impregnates your life. He says the birds of the, of the air, the enemies out there to try and take the seed that was sown into the ground of your life. We don't even protect the seeds anymore of our lives. We might transform tonight, but tomorrow God knows what will happen. God desires that you would have a transformation on such an atomic level that, that there would be a metamorphosis in the, in, the, in the deepest recesses of your spirit that you would become a, an entirely new creature. Notice no one's excited about a new creature. God doesn't like the way we are. Because the way we are is not how he designed you to be. But yet, the way we are many times is the culmination of the decisions that we have made. Christians do this many times where we talk about, uh, I've forgiven people, but we haven't forgiven them. We hold grudges in church. We have feelings and emotions. I just don't like that person. And, and we're a new creation, but yet we have the same old mindsets. We just bring it into Christianity, and, and we preface gossip with, pray for this person because... And Christians do the same thing. And you have to understand that so many times as Christians, God is calling you to truly be a different person. You cannot afford to be the same person you were before because you cannot fight the new battles you will face. And you will be defeated every time, every time, every time you come to church and you will be at the altar. You'll be wondering, questioning God. I don't see why I can't grow, why I can't move forward, why I feel like this. I'm stressed out. I'm depressed, God. I don't see the blessing in my life. God has called you to be blessed. The Bible says God is not a man that he would lie. So if he's called you to be blessed and you are not blessed, something's wrong. Oh, somebody say amen. God is desiring a transformation in your life. We call ourselves new creations, but we, we act like the old infestation of the devil. And we have to understand that there has to be a, a transformation. It's got to take place from the inside out. There's got to be a change in your life. There must be in you a desire to reach a new level in your, in, your, in your Christian walk. We must not hide what God is doing in us. We must not keep this light that Christ is in you from shining. You, you should be excited about your walk with God. You should be excited about your Christianity. You should be excited about what the Lord is doing in your life. Is anybody truly, truly excited about what God is doing in your life? Listen to what Jesus said in the scriptures. He, I believe it's uh, Luke 8, 16. He says that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Do we not put it out that the whole house can see it? Is, it? is that not the reason for lighting something up? We turn the lights on. I, I go home and I turn all the lights on. I don't care. My wife says, what are you turning all the lights on for? I turn the lights on. Pastor Kama would kill me if she came to my house. 
But you know, I turn it on so I can see where I'm going. See what I'm doing. You know, I, I tried walking down my steps with the lights off one day. It didn't work out great. No, I'm serious. It didn't work out great. I didn't fall, but I, I hit some stuff. You know? You have got to understand something. God is not trying to set you on fire for him so you can hide it from the world. You can cover it with stress and depression that you've made in your life. You can cover it with issues and problems that you've formulated rather than let God take control. God has not called you to be saddened by everything in your life. God has not called you to be in defeat mentally. God has not called you to find yourself in a mental battle every day of your life. But yet he's called you to go from glory to glory. And the issue is you are the old person you used to be. And the transformation has not yet fully taken place. And you cannot fight the new fight in the old form. God is trying to instill in you today that he's not trying to light you on fire so you can hide. God desires and he needs you to represent him. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, uh, we therefore are Christ's ambassadors. He talks about how we represent God. He talks about how we, we are the people who will represent him on his behalf to send his message across the world. You are an ambassador for Christ. What you do reflects God. Me and you, we are ambassadors for God. Do you know what an ambassador is? They go to other foreign places to represent their country. And so we are ambassadors for Christ, and he's calling us to go other places besides our homes and our jobs. He's calling you out to go to foreign places. That word ambassador, you can't, I can't be an American ambassador living in New York City. I got to be living in a different country. So what, what is that telling me? God's trying to get you out of your comfort zone. He might not be telling you to go to Zimbabwe, but maybe you need to start ministering in the streets of Bridgeport. He's not telling you to maybe to go to Africa, but get out your home and put the remote down and start ministering and evangelizing and talking to somebody about this light in you called Christ. There was a world that needs you to do something for God. God needs people to be vessels for him. Yielded, available, willing to do for the will of God. But we hide our lights. We read our Bibles in secret. Pray quietly. But we're supposed to be God's mouthpiece. He's sending his messages through me and through you. He's trying to embrace the world and tell them, listen, I love you. I love you. Tell somebody next to you, God loves you. You see, on behalf of the CEO of the universe, I came to tell you today he loves you. Whether you feel unloved, whether you feel unlovable, because you know there's always somebody, I'm just unlovable. There's always somebody in a building like that. Laughers are always the guilty ones, I'm just saying. <laughs> but you know, God loves you. And you may say, you know, God, why, why should I want to transform my life? Why should I desire to change? Why should I desire a difference in my life? Why, why do I'm a good person? Why do I need to change? Because, because God, he wants you to change now because he sees what's coming ahead of you. You see, I've told you a thousand times, God sees a thing from its end to its beginning. You see, in the story of Gideon, I appreciate it on, the, on the last unity service, the story of Gideon is powerful because God walks up to Gideon 
while he's hiding from the enemy, trying to make some food in this, in this wine press, and he's hiding, he's hiding, he's being a punk. And the angel of God walks up to him and says, oh, you mighty warrior. And I can only think that because God sees a thing from its end to its beginning, God already saw Gideon. He, he's, he's reached Gideon after looking at his entire life. He's seen him defeat the Midianites. He's seen him go after victory after victory. And so in this moment, he catches up to him in his present. You ever feel like God's talking to you? You ever had moments you're wondering where God was? The moments where you're wondering where he was, he's looking at your future. When he gets to you in your present, he's telling you, listen, this is what you got to do to make it. I might have to preach on Terminator. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm excited because I know that God loves you and wants to change you because of what you have inside of you. There's something bigger, something greater in you. There's more that you can imagine that is inside of you. We need to understand that we shouldn't fear the fight that comes after a transformation, but rather look forward to the victory of Christ. Many times, we don't want to evolve as Christians. We don't want to do more for God. We just don't. I wish you'd be honest. Sometimes, sometimes we just don't want to do it. There's no reason, no complicated excuse, no hurt in your past. We just don't want to do it because we fear the fight. You with me? The Bible says don't fear him who can hurt the body, but him who can damn your soul. God desires that you would have a transformation of epic proportions in your life. God is always looking for those who will give him their best. He's looking for those who will only talk about him. He's looking for those who will only mimic him or mock him. God is looking for those who will serve him with all their heart. He has no need for parrots, people who just repeat everything everybody else says. He needs people who are, are real Christians who find their own revelation of the scripture. You don't got to call somebody every time you're down and out. God's not looking for that. God and the Marines have one thing in common. They're just looking for a few good men. All he needs is a few good men. Jesus had 12 disciples that he counted on, and they changed the world. 12 disciples changed the entire known world. And look what you can do. There's more than 12 in the room, and I challenge you that in your life you can change things. You can transform things. We came today to talk about the transformation that God desires would take place in you. <clears throat> many times as Christians, we, many times the world rather looks at Christians and says, you know, Christianity is going to change who I am. I don't want to be a Christian. It's going to change who I am. But I would challenge you today that if you are not saved and you're looking here and say, I don't want all that, that it doesn't change who you are. It shows you who you are. The Bible says you said, oh, the truth and the truth shall set you free. We must, as a church, as individuals, let that light for Christ shine so bright. How many of you know God's changed your life for the better? Share it with somebody. Tell somebody about it. Get excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ. If it changed your life, what can it do around you? You see, so many times we... We as people, as individuals, we get around crowds and we don't talk about Christ and, and their conversation affects us more than ours, theirs. But yet I would challenge you, the same people who annoy you that they're always in problems and issues. Everybody has friends who always have drama. But if you would share the light of Christ with them really and do it passionately and powerfully, that you could transform their mentality and their lives. In the process of this transformation is the promise 
of salvation. How many of you want that salvation in Christ? It comes through a process of transformation. But I would challenge you that salvation is an, is, it's not an event. Salvation itself is a process. Truth be told, if you want to get very technical, none of you are saved as of right now. When you're in heaven, you're saved. Right now, you're sanctified. <laughs> if you want to be real about it, we can, we can lose that saving grace at any time through our sins, through our actions. Salvation is not a moment. It is a journey. You see, transformation leads to salvation and the mindset. And the mindset of salvation leads you to your destination. And your destination is nothing short of your destiny in life. Your purpose, your God-given design, your purpose. But everything, 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 everything starts with transforming your mind. You cannot be a new creation thinking like the old one. Could you imagine a caterpillar turning to a butterfly, never desiring to fly because it's just used to crawling? But many of us, I would challenge you that God is trying to get you to, to truly fly. And you've been crawling along. Crawling along. The Bible says, come on, stand with me in Isaiah. He says that if you, those who wait upon the Lord, you shall mount up with wings like eagles. God desires that you would try, try, find a true level of transformation in your life. Somebody say amen. Come on, I want to ask you two questions today. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. <clears throat> let's just reverence the Holy Spirit. Let's just, let's just let him talk to us. Let's just spend five minutes and, and I'll release this service to the administrator and we'll go forward. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. And I believe that God is wanting to talk to some hearts. I believe some of you are realizing that you want that change. You came here today for, for a purpose, for a reason. You know, my first question to you is, is there anybody in this room today who, come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Don't even look around at nobody. Hey, anybody in this place today who says, you know, God, I want to try this. I need it in my heart. I've never given God a chance, a really fear-fighting chance in my life. And I want to be able to turn my life over to him right now and call him as my Lord and Savior. Come on, if that's you, I would ask you just to simply raise your hand. Thank you. I see you in the back. Thank you. Thank you. You're saying, God, I never gave him a true chance. Come on, if that's you, just make your way to the front right now. If I can get my prayer team, my ministers, they're waiting right now to pray with you. They're waiting right now to touch and agree with you. The Bible says there's power in agreement. <clears throat> come on, if you raise your hand, don't be shy. Just come on up. We're going to pray with you. And we're going to touch and agree that God can work something in your life. Come on, maybe you've been saved your life and maybe you, you, you know God, you've been dealing with God for a long time, but you just want to have that next level of transformation. You want a new, better you to come out of what you are doing. Come on, if that you just make your way to the front and say, God, I need prayer right now. I can't remain the old way I've been. I can't remain the old way. I, I just keep living my life. I can't remain the same way, Father, but I need something bigger. I need something better. Oh, Holy Spirit, work in our midst right now. Holy Spirit, work in our midst right now. Come on, church, begin to pray right now. Oh, Father God, as we come in agreement, Father, let a transformation take place in our hearts, God. Let a transformation take place in our minds, God. Come on, Father God, that you would teach us, God. Show us how to be better, God. Show us how to be different, God. Show us how to not fall into the same old things, Father. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need you.
We desire you, God. We desire you, Father God. We desire your presence, God. In the name of Jesus, every struggle that should be released right now, Father, every chain, let it be broken, God. Every mindset against the will of God, let it be broken right now, Father. Every depression, let it be killed right now, Father. Every stress, anxiety, God, we rebuke it right now. We call upon you, God. We call upon your spirit. We call upon your strength, God. Only you are worthy, God. Only you are worthy, Father. Oh, come on, church. Begin to pray. Just pray right now. Transformation in our spirits, God. Transformation, God. We don't want to be the same, God. We don't desire to be the same old person we were, God. Give us a new life, God. A better, stronger identity in you, Christ. Rise up in us, Holy Spirit. Rise up in our hearts, God. Father, you're worthy. Father, you're worthy. Father, you're worthy. Speak, speak to our hearts, God. Speak to our hearts. God, I pray you would touch every person in this room right now. Father, touch every person, Holy Spirit. Work on our behalf today, Father. We come in agreement now, Father. Work on our behalf, Holy Spirit. We celebrate what God is doing in this house today. We thank you, Father God, for the hearts that are being touched. God, we thank you, Lord, for the lives that are being changed, God. Father God, we just thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, if you love them, just somebody say amen. I believe the ministers have the, have the communion prepared for today. Today is communion Sunday. Remember, you don't have to be a member of our church to partake in a communion. The Bible says that he said to do this in remembrance of him. Amen. And so by the order of the ushers from the front to the back, if I can have my praise and worship up here, by the order of the ushers from the front to the back, come on, today is communion. Somebody say amen. We thank the Lord for what he is doing. Come on, ushers. Church, to stay prayerful as you move forward.
church, just tell them we prepare them. 